Tell me your story. Tell me your story. How did it all start? Do you remember? Oh, I know what happened. How did it stop? You're now tuned into the Small Business Origins Podcast. I love an origin story. Each week, we dive into the real stories of entrepreneurs and businesses from across the nation. Who is he and what's his origin story? Who started with just an idea and are now making waves. I told you this was a good idea. This is Small Business Origins. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Small Business Origins. I'm your host, as always, John Kelly, aka John the Marketer on Instagram and TikTok, and you're tuned in. It's our nationwide search. We're looking for entrepreneurs that have a story to tell. And joining us virtually in the studio is an entrepreneur that wants to do just that. From Edmonds, Washington, we've got Ren McAllister with Hand Guy MD. Ren, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, John. Happy to be here. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely, man. I'm excited for this episode. I don't know that I've ever had a medical professional on the show. And uh, though paramedics, you know, are, I, I hesitate to say just paramedics, because there's a lot that we do. But, you know, being kind of in this profession around a lot of medical treatment and patients and stuff, it's cool to talk to somebody who kind of speaks the same language. But before we hop into it, we always start out with an icebreaker question. And today's icebreaker question is what is one thing that your younger self would have never imagined you doing now? Probably planning to go see the Barbie movie this weekend with my daughters. Man, I'll tell you what, having, having a girl myself, I've got an eight-year-old daughter, and it is, uh, it's crazy the things that I find myself doing that I never thought I would do because of having a daughter. Man, they really just, yeah. they turn you into a big softie, don't they? Oh, no, they're cool. I've got a son and then two daughters. And my middle daughter is a little bit more like me uh, in terms of personality and my youngest. But it's it's a it's a it's a blessing. It's pretty cool, too. It's pretty fun. Uh, but, yeah, it's definitely a different perspective because I think as dudes, we kind of look at things in one way and and girls and women have a totally different perspective. So it's pretty eye opening. A hundred percent. Yeah, we've got the uh, the guys outnumbering the girls at my house. I've got two boys and one girl. So a little opposite of you there. But. I'll tell you what, man, as much as she likes to do some tomboy stuff with me and her brothers, she is absolutely still a princess, still a girl. So, you know, we still have to do those things, too. And uh, it's just it's amazing what you'll do for your daughter. Man, I'll tell you, she she came out of the womb and that was it. I was wrapped around her finger from the beginning. Uh, She bats her little eyes at me and pretty much gets whatever she wants. We're just in the stage right now where she's eight and going on like. 16 where we've got this attitude that's coming out all of a sudden and i'm like oh my god i'm I'm married to my wife and then i have my wife as a daughter as well so i'm getting the attitude from both of yeah. them man that's true that's and the way it rolls sales people too yeah they're phenomenal sales people too it's amazing to watch <laughs> oh they're relentless they're yeah they never stop yeah 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 it doesn't matter how many times you say no how many excuses or reasons that you give why and Everything else, yeah. man, they still just have something else that they're going to bring up to you and try to to convince you. And, you know, to be honest, again, with that daughter, sometimes it's just easier for her to convince me than it is the boys. Yeah, exactly. Well, before we hop into it, man, I just want to talk about our sponsor. And if you're tired of juggling multiple platforms for your marketing and sales needs, then it's time to revolutionize your business operations with Wingman. Wingman's an all-in-one marketing automation software. It's designed by experienced marketers who understand your struggles. It's a game changer that combines the best tools to streamline your communication. You can automate workflows. You can grow your business. 
You can capture leads by using landing pages, surveys, forms, and more. You can nurture them with personalized messages via voicemail, SMS, emails, and even Facebook Messenger. And then you can close those deals with built-in tools to collect payments, schedule appointments, and track analytics. Say goodbye to multiple marketing tools and hello to Wingman, your unified platform for all of your business needs. Enhance your online presence, manage your reputation effectively, and cultivate leads effortlessly. If you're ready to take your business to new heights, visit trustyourwingman.com today and let Wingman be your co-pilot to success because every business needs a Wingman. But Ren, we're here to talk about you, man. I just want to know like, where you came from, what your origin story is, how you got into entrepreneurship. Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting, you know, as starting out young, it was always something I had an interest in, whether it was, you know, just a, as a little kid trying to sell greeting cards and things like that. But, um, you know, actually was playing baseball in junior college and, and started a janitorial company. I needed a, a part-time job and my buddy worked athletic club and, and a, we were there one night and the guy's like, Hey, you want a job? I said, sure. And this was like 1986 and it was five seventy-five an hour. Right. So that was like a lot when minimum wage was three. So, and then I was cleaning, dumping out the, the uh, business office garbage one night and I saw the invoice. I was like, man, this guy's getting paid like 1500 bucks a month. And I'm in here doing this, you know, five days a week. So I started chatting with him and he's totally was happy to mentor me. So it was, it, it, uh, you know, kind of worked them a little bit and I started my own thing and it helped because it was in junior college at the time. So scholarships weren't worth a lot. So, and so started doing that and reached a point where I had kind of had a break point. It's like either, you know, I had some teammates working for me, but it was like, I either continue, I dropped out for about a year and a half. I either continue to do this or I go back to school and I, I'm just, I'm kind of a curious individual. So I went back to school uh, and then ended up in, in medicine and surgery because just I kind of like doing things and it was a natural link with orthopedics and sports. And so as I got into private practice, again, you know, I always had kind of a, an interest in, in, in kind of being in business. And so I've developed that and, and the managing partner for our practice and just these things kind of are just interesting to me. But and so that was fine. But then as I went along, I started realizing and probably, you know, after 15, 16 years of doing this, you know, not, not boredom, but you kind of start to make distinctions and you realize, Hey, there, there's something I'm seeing here. Patterns is probably a better way to see it. And I started noticing people are showing up late in the game when really the only option is surgery. And it's like, you know, man, if they would have just shown up earlier, you know, they probably could have avoided this or, or minimized the risk. And then the other thing I see is people showing up as I, dude, you just need some good information, but you spent half a day off work. You sat in the office for a couple hours and we're only here for a couple minutes. And, and really I've given you what you need, but man, this doesn't seem like a good waste of your time. And so there was a gap there I saw. And so that's what kind of led to Hangai MD was to try to push this information sort of further up the pipeline so people could could be better informed because I started looking at what was on the internet. And, and the reality is it, it's, it's a combination of, you know, people that have agendas in terms of, you know, uh, either they think like surgeons are evil and, and these kind of things, or, or they've got it. They think the seaweed extract's going to cure everything. So you've kind of got that spectrum. And then you've got the generic websites that are just trying to grab eyeballs. And so basically what they have are glorified book reports written not by physicians or, or experts are written by basic, basically journalists who, so it's basically if you could ask chat GPT to write you a book report on a condition and that's what gets put up there. So 
that's not really helpful because it's the information so generic and it's not specific and it, it doesn't have the perspective of actually taking care of people with conditions. So, so that started out to fill that void. And then as that went along, it just coincident with my personal life, you know, my wife's a health coach. And so she, you know, we, she's always talking to me about stuff and, and I just kind of was, I was just trucking along and, you know, life is sweet moving along. And one day we came home from Christmas, I stepped on the scale. I was kind of like, crap, damn, that that's kind of a big number. <laughs> it's like, where'd that come from? And, and then I remembered back when I was a resident, had a buddy said, Hey, let's go get our blood drawn. One of my friends is running a study. We'll be controls. I said, yeah, that's cool. I'll do that. So I got my blood drawn and she gave me a call a couple of weeks later. Say, Hey, I need to talk to you. I said, yeah, okay. What's up? And she said, well, nothing now, but you've got your, this pattern in your blood work that looks like something called metabolic syndrome. And just as you get older, you should keep an eye on it, you know, just make sure you follow it. And I said, okay, whatever. And I, you know, 30 something knuckleheads, right. We just forget about it and move on with life. And so after I stepped off the scale, it was like 215. I'm like, okay, this is, this is kind of not me. Something's not right. So kind of went on my own little journey to, to kind of correct that. And, and with my wife's help and, and did the things that, you know, most people do. Basically, you start out looking for programs. We had one program through work where, where they, you know, taught you how to savor a Ritz cracker and avoid Sugar Island and things like that. It was kind of like, it's like, well, I'm not going to like lick the salt off a cracker. There's got to be a better way here. So tried a commercial program that was kind of expensive and, and, and did lose the 30 pounds, but then gained it all back and a little bit more because it was really, you know, low quality food and, and, and wasn't really uh, uh, preparing you for anything. So kind of went through this path of basically going back to, you know, what I learned playing sports growing up. It's all about fundamentals and, uh, you know, talking with my wife and, and what she's doing. Um, the, um, you know, these fundamentals boil down to really how you sleep, think, eat, and move. And really focusing on that really is, is the foundation of, of, of getting, getting you to where you need to be with health. So in my own life, kind of had made those changes. And then as my patients started to notice that, they're like, hey, dude, I'm getting older. You're looking younger. What's going on? Start chatting with them. And then started to think about what I'm seeing in clinic because what I do ultimately when I look back on is I'm just really taking care of the after effects of systemic disease and chronic inflammation. I mean, and I, I feel kind of bad. I mean, I, I fix people coming with problems I can fix, which is great. But the reality is I feel kind of bad because I send them back out in the world and then I watch them come back again and again and again. And it's like the issues and the issues that are affecting them, I'm just treating, I'm treating an end result and I'd like to get closer to the root. So. So that's where the, the health principles kind of come into play. And so we would kind of call it healthy hands. But the hand problems are one thing, but really you need the health. And if you can correct the health underneath it, that's where, um, you, you know, you'll prevent hand problems, you'll minimize discomfort. But not only that, it really will just let your life blossom because uh, most of the people that I see in clinic are lacking one of these four areas. And what people miss in, in the, you know, in, in the health if you look around the internet and Instagram and things, everyone's pitching this or that or one thing or this or that. The reality is it's simple fundamentals. It's boring, it's con but it's consistent fundamentals over time. And each one of these factors, sleeping, thinking, which is stress management, nourishment, and movement all interplay with each other. And with that interplay is what actually gets you this, this end result. So, uh, and that's where my wife with, with her company, Embrace Wellness, uh, with the health stuff, is really where where I think the big opportunity is. So 
So in the hand stuff, yes, I can help people, but really what the purpose of all of this is, is, is really help people at a more base level, which helps their entire life. And that's where the, the scale comes as opposed to my brick and mortar clinic when I can just help a few thousand people in my community. That makes sense. No, absolutely. I think as a society, we get so hung up on treating the symptoms of things that pop up, you know, exactly what you're speaking to, where it's like, I have this problem. I go to the specialist, they fix that problem for me. And, and like you said, it's a great business model for you because then they go back out there in the world doing the same thing that they've been doing. And then another problem pops up that you can fix. They come back to your clinic and boom, you get more money, you fix them again. But like you said, underlying all of this, almost every single time is some type of other process that's taking place within the body that needs to be fixed in order to solve the problem as to why these symptoms continue to persist, you know, why these problems are popping up. So I love that you're kind of taking that approach of, you know, fixing the underlying issue, which is going to maybe with surgical intervention still help you resolve that issue. Not that you're not still going to need treatment, but you know, the point is, why is this disease process happening? Why are we seeing this degradation of, you know, joints or whatever it may be? So, I mean, it leads me to the question of what, what exact problem are you fixing as the hand guy MD? So hand problems, they're really, it's interesting, about 90% of what I see boils down to a few conditions, basically numbness, uh, lumps and bumps, pain that's derivative of arthritis, uh, and then and then trauma, which is falls and injuries and things like that. Those are really the main things that I see. Um, pain can be related to wrist tendonitis or or it can be related to arthritis. So more overuse type conditions, would, that would be kind of the fifth thing. So basically hand pain or numbness, those are the things I treat physically uh, in the office. Most of hand surgery is applied anatomy. In other words, uh, there's something wrong, you can identify it and there's a fix for it. A lot of it, most of it doesn't involve surgery, which is terrific. Unfortunately, though, people wait too long to get help, and then that makes conditions harder to treat. It increases the chances they need surgery. So there is, there is a lot that ends up getting fixed with surgery. But fortunately, the solutions are, are, are good solutions. So, uh, you know, we have, I, I told one of my old senior partners, it was kind of interesting. I said, you know, we're, we're kind of just glorified salespeople. And, and, of course, he didn't like that because he was old school. But I said, well, here's the deal. We've got a killer product that works, right? Uh, we really help people. We get a great outcome. We just have an ethical overlay, right? You have, to, you have to make sure that you're offering the solution that's right for the patient. So there's just that, that ethical overlay. But at the end of the day, we're basically giving people a solution that'll solve their problem. So those are the hand issues. The challenge is in a busy clinic, I don't have time to get into the health stuff. Like I can't, like it's a whole nother aspect to it and that's that's why this platform kind of exists sort of outside that and that's the goal is to reach people to deeper to reach people at a deeper level because even if i give them information about the health most people kind of know what to do and but and most of it's pretty easy to do so i know jim Rohn has, has a great quote you know what's easy to do is also easy not to do right uh and so most of the challenge here is is sort of mindset and, and people's identity. And and you'll find that, um, and this comes, you know, the plastic surgery world is a fascinating thing about identity, but uh, you'll have someone, a plastic surgeon will have someone come in and they'll think that the whole world's falling apart because they've got this one little little divot on their nose or something like that. And it's imperceptible to you, right? You can't tell. You look at me, hey, you look fine, dude. And they fix that divot 
or, or whatever it is, and that person sees himself entirely differently. And, and so, um, uh, you know, I think a book called The Thousand Faces, I think is, is what it's called. And, um, and it's this idea that your identity is, is driving your behavior. And so, so much of our health issues really come down to our identity and the choices that we make and lifestyle factors. And so, so that's where kind of the hard work is. And that's something you can't get through in a, a few minute clinic appointment. And even if I gave you the right stuff to do, you're going to go home and just slip back into your identity. So that's kind of the hard work. And that's what my wife does with coaching with Embrace Wellness is helping people understand that identity and um and kind of get to the get to the the fundamentals that they need to get to and, and make that shift so that they see themselves as a healthy person uh, and that that's probably the biggest thing and so then you begin to ask yourself the simple question well it's not what would i do but what would a healthy person do in this situation what choice would a healthy person make and when you start framing questions in that way, the choices are pretty easy. Like, like you know what to do. It's you just have to give yourself permission to do it, so to speak. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, this is something that I've directly lived. You know, being somebody who visits the chiropractor, especially having a degenerative disc disease where the lower part of my spine is just, you know, starting to deteriorate and everything else, just like my parents, just like my grandparents, going to that chiropractor. I see that same thing where it's like, all right, cool. You're here. Let's get you in the room. Let's do your adjustments. Let's throw you on this tens unit and then let's get you on the decompression machine and then out the door you go. And when you're heading out the door, you've got this packet of information of things that you can do, stretches, exercises, things that are going to strengthen your back. And of course, lucky for me, I'm in a profession where I have to, I mean, you can't always tell because obviously I'm a heavier guy, but you know, I have to be in shape to do my job. So I am exercising. I am doing a lot of things that are good for me and good for my back. But if you think for a second, even as someone who's in this profession that I've read through all of those stretches and done those at home, you'd be crazy. You know, this is something that happens in the chiropractor's office and that's it. And it is, unfortunately, it is a very rushed thing. I've got a great chiropractor and he does try to take his time as much as possible, but he's got 10 other patients that are walking through the door as soon as I'm there. And I think every doctor's office across the United States is seeing the same thing. There's more patients than there are doctors. And so it starts to become this quick, like, all right, let's get you in. It's good to see you. What's your problem? Here's the fix. Here's your education. Have a nice day. And then that patient is expected that, you know, they should be able to go through these things, have that mindset of what a healthy person would do, make these decisions for themselves. But then when it's me showing up on an ambulance or a fire truck, and I'm asking them what medications they take. And maybe I see one I don't recognize because it's not lisinopril or something that's easily recognizable. And then they say, well, I don't know why I take that medication. I'm not sure. And it's like, well, what do you mean you're putting something into your body that you don't understand? And it's like, well, we trust doctors enough in this country, which is good and bad. It's good for your profession. It's bad for us when there are bad doctors that take advantage of that. But we trust you enough that sometimes we just, take that pill or get that surgery or do whatever it is you tell us to do minus the things that you tell us that are going to outside of medical intervention, make us better, which can be the most important part of that. So I completely understand this whole thing of, you know, maybe it's easy for me to justify being too busy to take the time to educate myself and do it myself. You're too busy because your clinic is full with patients and you've got more that are incoming every single day. 
So there needs to be something to kind of bridge that gap in that healthcare portion. So what is that other side of things that you're doing exactly? Like, can you explain that to me of what resources available through you that not necessarily every other doctor is doing? Yeah, yeah. So, so it, you know, it, it, it's always an evolution, right? Trying to, you're trying, I always use the, I tell my partners, we're kind of, kind of bob and weave and figure this out. So, so we're move, moving along, but the, um, the, the link here is, so, and this goes beyond just orthopedic stuff, but uh, probably 90% of the problems we see, so diabetes, heart disease, obesity, all these problems are really driven by lifestyle factors. And so it's kind of this, you know, talk, you know, how medicine got it upside down, basically. And the reality is, because of all those things you just mentioned, we're, we're all well-meaning physicians, and, uh, generally, for the most part, most of us are pretty much, you don't do this if you don't have a drive to help people. But the reality is you end up in a position where that's all you really, you, all you have time to do is basically give them the Band-Aid or your blood pressure's high. I see people with 20, 30 medications. I'm just like, sweet Jesus, what would happen if you just stopped all those? You know, probably, you know, <laughs> probably be okay. Because what people don't never understand is you take a medicine and there's a second and third order metabolite. In other words, as these go through your body, they get broken down and you don't know what medicine seven you know, the fifth metabolite of that's doing with medicine nine, the second metabolite, you have no clue these interactions. And so they keep getting stacked on and on. So these lifestyle factors are really at the root cause of it. So my wife's uh, Embrace Wellness as a health coach is really what addresses that. She actually, she went to medical school, graduated, was going to be an anesthesia doctor and then stayed home with our son. And and so her, she's really been into into helping people in this, in this realm and, and became a health coach because she kind of had the same realization that you know what this is cool but like medicine's kind of got it backwards right we're 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 treating the wrong end of things and so so embrace wellness is really how um and and she's at embrace wellness with erica.com is how we can help people with the health side that's the simplest uh, probably way to do it um she has a focus on women who are perimenopausal um, because that's a big a big challenge uh, because there's lots of things happening with hormones, but that's probably the simplest way to get help. Uh, and then as we evolve, um, you know, through Hangai MD, uh, there are some other, if people want, if they want to email me at drren at hangaimd.com, I can send them a, a seven, you know, sort of simple tips for foundational health or basic health, simple things that you can do, keys to help with, get you started and jump started. So, if, they, if someone wants to shoot me an email, happy to send them that. Uh, that would be terrific. And that would get them just as a, get them started and then and kind of go from there. Uh, but that's the main thing is, is health is, is sort of the, the coaching support they need, but also the community to help them make that identity shift. And, and when you do that, then the rest of the stuff becomes easy because you just, you plan out your day. Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get my steps. Um, and it's, it's ironically, it's easier than people think. I mean, when when I went through this, I thought, oh, part of it's just my own, you know, you get in your own way, right? But but I tend to make things more complicated than they need to be, or as as my you know kid and wife tease me, you know, ADHD or something. But everywhere, nowhere. But so like, but like when I would plan workouts, I'd be like, okay, I can do this, do this. I buy books and stuff, and finally I was like, you know what, dude, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. So I found a coach, and it's like, okay, you tell me what to eat. And, you know, you tell me what to hit and you tell me what workout to do and I'm just going to do it. And I just show up and do the work and I'll be damn, it works. It's actually way easier than you think. So all these lifestyle things, you know, even, you know, just ask yourself every day, 
how did I sleep? How did I think? How did I nourish myself? And how did I move? And if you just start getting a habit of that, that's the simple thing to take away from this is ask yourself those four questions every day. Uh, you go from there. And then, and then as you build, you just kind of, you kind of just naturally grow from there. If that makes sense. That's your question. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, <clears throat> you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that part of our problem here is that we do have the pharmaceutical industry, which has so much money, so much marketing and advertisement, and they're kind of driving themselves as the fix, you know, take this medicine, get this surgery, whatever the case may be. It's like, you need pharmaceuticals involved in this. And what I have seen is though there are anecdotal examples of doctors being involved in certain research studies and, you know, information that's coming out, I think that the prevalent thing people are seeing is going to be what is heavily marketed, what has a lot of dollars spent on it, and that's pharmaceutical advertising. And the problem with that ethically is that the pharmaceutical industry is advertising what's going to make them money. They're not advertising what's going to take money out of their pocket because it's just counterintuitive for them as a business. Whereas people like you who have taken an oath to do no harm, it's totally different. You want what's best for your patient, not what's best for your pocketbook. So if that means that your patient is able to go from multiple visits per year with a possible surgical intervention with medication being prescribed and all of these things, and you're able to take them down to let's follow up annually and you're only getting one visit out of them or their insurance, it seems counterintuitive as a, a doctor, like you said, sometimes you are salespeople where obviously you have to make money, but the whole point is you've got that ethical and moral pull on you that says, do what's best for my patient and do no harm. The pharmaceutical industry doesn't have to follow that. And you know, it's kind of like our food industry and other things where it's like everything is funded by the people who are going to profit off of the right results for this research or the customer completely coming back. So I think it's an interesting turn to see, you know, doctors like yourself who are more focused on that overall health. And I mean, coaches have been a big topic on the podcast lately, everything from executive coaches, business coaches to lifestyle coaches. And I think that health coaching is just as important because like you said, not that there's natural remedies for everything and not that seaweed extract is going to fix your broken hand from a traumatic incident, but there are things that you can do that are a bit more homeopathic, like eating healthier and losing weight to help your blood pressure, exercising to help your blood pressure and your joint health, you know, all of these things. So it's good and refreshing to see someone who's kind of taking that holistic approach where you're focusing on everything and you're focusing on all of the possible remedies, not just medication or surgical intervention. Yeah, no, that's true. 100%. When I was a resident, one of the uh, Seth Leopold, one of my attendings, uh, we, we put together an evidence-based medicine course for the residents. And and one of his big research areas was 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 research bias. And, and basically, you know, negative results studies don't get published, you know. So, and this is just in the context of, of orthopedics. But it's the same thing in all contexts. The food industry is ripe with it. I'm not a big conspiracy guy, but 100%, the, the pharmaceutical industry has a product and their job is to market and sell that product. In direct consumer advertising, you know, the purple pill, you know, you can, you can almost hear the jingles in your head, right? Like all that stuff. So ask, and then they say, ask your doctor, ask your doctor. Because now that now it becomes, they don't have to sell the physician who's already skeptical of them anyways. I, I, when I was a resident, I was proud of myself one time because I said, oh, what's the dose of this antibiotic? 
and like, dude, just look at your pen. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I was kind of proud that I didn't even know what pen I was using, right? Like, but what we had a we we had a, a company. One of them they would sponsor dinners as a resident, right? Every Monday night, I, I forget the name of it, but so we you know we get free food and stuff. There's insidious ways they try to get with the doctors, but then the government stepped in a number of years ago, and, and with I can't remember the name of the law, but they kind of cut that, which is great. So now they've gone direct to consumer. So so they're trying, and and then our bias as a culture is to just take the easy route, path of least resistance, right? You know, uh, in terms of how we're designed, we want to conserve energy, so we don't want to. Our brain is always looking for the shortest path. So those things are kind of real, but the reality is, my my sort of way I think about it is I'm trying to put myself out of business, right? The Silicon Valley, right? The goal is innovate and put yourself out of business every day. I won't do it because it's a nature of human nature. But the reality is, if I try to put myself out of business, I could get pretty much eighty percent of the way there. Uh, and, and really, if you look at what happens in a primary care office, you're probably closer to 90% of the way there because most of the stuff that's killing us and causing us to be sick and really ruining our joy in life are derivative of these lifestyle factors. So it's not even homeopathic it, or any. It, it's really just we know what to do already. Like we, we, we came out of the womb knowing what to do. Uh, we've just lost sight of it. And then we get polluted with all these other things that come in and all these other factors. And if we just stick to the simple, the simple fundamentals, focus and sleep is the, probably the biggest foundational step in that. And then managing stress, nourishing our bodies properly, and sugar is the big, the big killer in that. And then just movement every day. Uh, resistance training is another huge one. Uh, you know, I actually wrote a book, Resistance Training Over 40, a uh, small little book, but really making the argument for why we should resistance train uh, because it, it's such a huge uh, has such a huge impact on our lives. So just taking care of those simple things will let you unlock your life because we all of us really only have two limitations in life. It's our time and our health at the end of the day. We all have the same amount of time in the day. And if we don't have our health, we can't do what we want to do. You're going to spend all that time in a doctor's office or cranking about your back or whatnot. So um, the reality is, you know, for, for low back stuff, I, I've got a guy, he's a roofer. This is a number of years ago now, 74 or so. And I looked at his wrist. He was seeing me for a little cyst on his wrist, which is a fluid-filled sac that comes with arthritis. I looked at his wrist x-ray. I couldn't even find the bones. I'm like, dude, does your wrist hurt? He's like, no, I don't have any pain. I just, and he's really strong. He, he's, he calls himself the green guy because he pretty much everything he eats is, you know, green juice and stuff like that. But, um, and that just points to the fact that if you take care of your health, you know, you minimize your sugar. Yeah, you can have arthritis, but it doesn't have to be painful. A lot of the pain we get from some of these conditions is derivative of inflammation, and a lot of the inflammation is driven then by these other factors. And so, uh, hitting those four fundamentals are really the key to, to just enjoying the life that you want to enjoy, enjoy, and doing it with as little pain as possible. But correct, you, if you fall, trip and fall, and break something, you know, no amount of sleep is going to help that. <laughs> Absolutely, but it's just you know, it's that that age old thing. I mean, you understand it with your training and education and experience, whereas. Some people out here, you know, living their life may not have been taught those things. And it truly is everything that you do makes up what's going to happen. And I'll tell you, as a 20 year old, I was invincible. Nothing could affect me. I could stay up all night and just be, you know, totally fine the very next morning, even on two or three hours of sleep. I could eat whatever I wanted to eat, do whatever I wanted to do. And it never was a problem for me. And then I hit my 30s, particularly when I got to 35 and I figured out, holy crap, gout is a real thing. 
and it can hurt <laughs> and it can it can yeah. make you want to kill yourself like honestly it's it's yeah, something yeah, yeah. where it's it painful, hits yeah. you and you're like dude this is the worst thing and i just had a minor minor little inflamed toe that's all it was and it took me out i couldn't i couldn't hardly walk you know i was limping like i had just broken my ankle completely and it's like well you can fix that with diet exercise taking care of yourself getting the sleep you need to let your body regenerate and do the things it needs to do to take care of you and you know i realized that when i'm on a late call and from 10 o'clock at night before i go to bed until four o'clock in the morning i'm awake you know taking care of this call and then i finally get to go to sleep and have to wake up at six o'clock in the morning for shift change and realize holy crap i'm not a young dude anymore like sleep actually affects me so when i go to bed properly when i eat properly when i exercise my energy levels are different. I feel better. I'm less sick. I'm not having any types of issues that are coming toward me. And luckily, I've been a very healthy person throughout this time, even though I have been overweight. That's been my only ailment. But the big thing I can tell people is it's so much easier in your 20s to take care of it than it is your 30s or your 40s. So even though that is something that has been said and beat to death by a lot of people, I'm telling you right now from experience as a guy who's been a firefighter and a paramedic since my 20s, it was a whole lot easier back then to do my job and take care of myself than it is now. It takes a lot more work and a lot more determination. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking like, man, here they are, they're on their soapbox and they're saying this stuff over and over again, I'm telling you, we're saying it for a reason. This is absolutely the best thing you can do for yourself is train yourself to take care of, of you and do what you need to do now so that you can create that habit. And when you're in your 30s and 40s, you're already where you need to be and things are just easy maintenance before you have to spend thousands of dollars on medication, thousands of dollars on surgery, even with insurance, it's definitely the way to go. You know, you're 100% right. And, 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 and it, this is the interesting thing is it, it is, it is not a soapbox. I mean, this is the stuff. I, I was 145 pounds soaking wet coming out of high school. I could eat anything I wanted. It was the cruelest trick in the world, right? Because, uh, you know, nobody told me what to do. You know, my dad was overweight, and uh, and we just ate whatever, and I just ate what I wanted to, and and it, I never gained weight, never a problem. So I developed bad eating habits that they catch up with you later. So. So in your 20s, you're invincible, right? Like you're pretty much, you can do anything you want to your body, you're going to survive. And, and, and I see people now, it's fast, I always fascinated. The human body is geared and designed for survival. And so you can treat it like crap for decades and you're still going. I see people, it's like, now granted they're 50, they look like they're 70, but they're still alive. And it's like, man, how are you still alive? So learning these things when you're younger, the best time to put muscle on is in your 20s. You are a, you are a growth machine. You are a legal steroid growth machine, right? And so, um, you know, my son, he plays football in college and his teammates and I'm watching him just stack weight on. It's like, damn, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a lot harder when you get older. But the thing is, the more you put on when you're younger, the better you are when you're older. So now we talk about osteoporosis and for women. And you're not going to get bulky, but lean muscle mass, you know, all muscles lean, but, you know, muscle mass you put on when you're younger, it's way easier. It helps you when you're older. Uh, and so learning those fundamentals when you're young. And so, our, you know, fortunately, our kids, it's just my daughter just told me yesterday, she said, you know, Dad, I think I'm going to cut down on sugar. And it's like, cool, she's 17. She didn't play volleyball in college. And it's like, it's not because we're telling her to do it. It's what she's watching. And she realized, yeah, I don't think I need this much. And it's like, no, it affects your skin, your acne, 
you know, and it's just at the end of the day, it's, I love Swedish fish. My kids get, you know, hot tamales and Swedish fish for Christmas. But, um, but the reality is that stuff's just not good for you. And so to learn this stuff young is probably the best gift you could give someone because you're going to avoid all these problems later. And it lets your life just be great because you're not the guy who can't or girl who can't participate in something because you're hurt. You can't chase your kids. You know, you're, you know, you can't get up and down the stairs. There's, there's lots of, I see this, lots of unfortunate limitations people have in life derivative of choices they make. And, and if you can get to that early enough, hundred percent, right. You'll just turn that around. So, and it's not a soapbox. It is a hundred percent. Hey, if this is shit, someone would have told me years ago, I would have loved to have heard it. And, and the, and the challenge here is not only hear it, but take action on it. Cause that's a key. Cause we, again, we often know what to do, but we don't do what we know. And because it's, this stuff is kind of easy to do. It's also easy not to do. And hopefully if people hear it enough from enough different angles, it'll settle in and they'll start to realize, hey, I should probably pay attention to this stuff. So for those who are listening and are interested in, you know, moving forward, getting more knowledge, seeing you, who are you looking for as a client? What area are you servicing? And then, you know, how do we get in your ecosystem and, you know, learn from you, learn from your wife on the coaching side, but if intervention is necessary, maybe even become a patient or see you. Well, so so probably the simplest thing to do is send me an email at drran at handguymd.com. And then I can send you the simple tips uh, for, for to get you started in terms of the foundational health, uh, foundational health stuff. Uh, you know, women that get into their 40s have a lot of trouble with, with uh, perimenopausal issues. It's a challenge for all of them. It's fascinating to see it because it happens to every woman. Sometimes they're in their 30s, but it can happen as early as that. So um, but I can connect with my wife, Embrace Wellness with Erica.com is her is her website, and you can go there and learn more. And she speaks specifically to them. Uh, that there's a lot of great information there. So that's two ways to get involved. Locally, it's it's you know it's hard unless you're in the Pacific Northwest. It's gonna be hard to see me clinically. Um, but probably handguymd.com would be the best way to to get uh, to get um, to get access to more information. Um, but but email me directly because right now it, we're sort of transitioning uh, the website there. But just send me an email at drran at handguymd.com and I'll shoot you the seven tips, uh, seven simple keys to, to foundational health that'll really help you sleep better, have more energy, you know, less joint pain. All these things are simple things to do and this will get you off to a great start. Yeah, and we're going to have all that stuff in the show notes below if, you know, our listeners listening right now and they're wondering Hey, I'm driving in my car and this is too much to write down. All the show notes always have all that information. So any way that, you know, we want people to connect with you, that stuff's going to be available right down below us right now. So hopefully they will get in touch with you because, yeah, I'm telling you from somebody who has gone through the invincible stage and now gotten to the holy crap, there's health issues that pop up every now and then and take me out. I am beyond ready to get started and I have been started on it, but, you know, I'm behind the eight ball. And so you're going to wind up being 35 years old and behind the eight ball as well and having these things pop up if you're not taking care of yourself properly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. It's around the 40s when it starts to register with people. If you look at musculoskeletal conditions that, and in the textbooks, the curves of the inflection point is in the 40s. That's when stuff starts to happen. If you look at all the curves, they all kind of turn about the 40s. But the great thing is you can make gains 70s, 80s, 90s. Resistance training can, can improve quality of life and lots of parameters, even in your 80s and 90s. And so um, it's 
right? This, it, the best time to start is in your 20s. The second best time is right now. Uh, and it may be a little more difficult. In other words, you're not going to put on 20 pounds of muscle, you know, in, in your late 40s, and you know, like you might have done in your 20s, but you'll, you might, you'll put on half that. But the bottom line is you'll feel 100% better and your health will improve. So that's the key is, is it doesn't matter when you, where you're at, just start where you're at now and get started because that's the most important thing. I love it. Doc, thank you for sharing all this stuff with us and taking the time to speak yeah. with us today. Yeah, happy to do so. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Listeners, just like I said, all of that information is going to be in the show notes. So if you want to access that stuff, get in touch with the doctor. If you are in the Pacific Northwest and that works for you, then great. If you're not and you just want to learn from him and connect with him, then please do so. And thank you for listening. We couldn't do this thing without you. Every single week we have a new episode and listeners like you make it possible to keep this thing going. So that's it for us. It's been another great week, another great episode. We'll see you on the next one. And as always, stay beefy, my friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Small Business Origins. I love an origin story. If you like what you just heard, leave us a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. You guys, check this out. They're going to love it. You're going to love it.